It's the Code St. Luke Telephone Broadcasting Service for Friday, October 16, 2020. It's episode 144. On today's episode, music librarian Farah Muhammad is here, and she's going to be sharing some of her favorite all-time music. There's no theme, it's just whatever she likes, and that's what you're going to hear today. Here is Farah. Hello, and welcome to another musical moment. My name is Farah Mohammed, and for today's program, I thought I'd change things up a bit. Usually, the music on these programs are centered around a theme or an important date in history. However, for today, I thought to play some of my favorite pieces. Now, music can tell you a lot about someone's personality. There are all kinds of psychological studies done on this topic. Individual musical tastes can reveal much about the person. Your musical taste could often be influenced by your parents. You love your favorite song because it's associated with an intense emotional experience in your life. Or how about the music you enjoyed when you were 20, you will probably love for the rest of your life. Sometimes, though, there is no rhyme or reason why you like a certain piece of music. Personally, I just know I like what I like. So, I hope that you enjoy today's selection of what I call my Friday favorites. I'll start things off right with the music of Bach, surprise, surprise. For those of you who know me, know that Bach is my absolute favorite composer of all time. I have been playing his music ever since I was a little kid, and I'm still learning his music today. His life and music are a lifelong study for me, and I will probably end my days playing his music. For my first piece... I'd like to play the first movement from the Concerto for Two Violins in D, BWV 1043, otherwise known as the Bach Double. Now, of course, as a genre, the concerto was very popular during the Baroque. Composers would write concertos for solo instruments accompanied by an orchestra. True to form, Bach would take these existing genres and develop and expand on them. So, instead of writing a concerto for one solo instrument, he wrote one for two solo instruments. And what I love about this piece is the dovetailing effect of one violin with the other. It's as if these two violins are in deep conversation. When one speaks, the other listens, and vice versa. Anybody who's studied violin using the Suzuki method, like myself, knows that this piece is at the end of book four. I have played it, my children have played it, and I have literally heard this piece hundreds of times. And you know what? I never get tired of it. For me, this piece is happiness personified. Thank you. 
My next selection is an opera aria, Song of the Moon, from the opera Rusalka by Dvorak. My earliest memories as a small child was hearing opera played constantly in my house. Both my parents are colossal opera buffs. If you play a recording, they would be able to tell you the name of the opera, the specific aria, the composer, in which act and scene the aria takes place, and of course they can tell you the name of the opera singer. In this particular aria, it's sung by the title character Rusalka in the first act. Now Rusalka is the daughter of a water goblin who wants nothing more than to be human after she falls in love with the prince who frequents the lake in which she lives. Rusalka sings this song asking the moon to reveal her love to the prince. And the lyrics go like this. Moon, high and deep in the sky, your light sees far. You travel around the wide world and see into people's homes. Moon, stand still a while and tell me, where is my dear? Tell him, silvery moon, that I am embracing him. For at least momentarily, let him recall of dreaming of me. Illuminate him far away and tell him, tell him who is waiting for him. If his soul is in fact dreaming of me, may the memory awaken him. Moon, don't disappear. The music is so beautiful, and for some reason, on hearing that octave leap at the beginning of the melody, leaves a lump in my throat. I get very emotional. So here is the great Spanish soprano, Pilar Loringar, singing Song of the Moon. Thank you. 
With a nod to my Indian roots, my next song is from one of my all-time favorite Indian fusion musicians, Chebi Sabah. He was born Haim Serge Elbaz in Constantine, Algeria. He was Jewish of Berber descent. He moved to Paris in the 1960s and, more or less by accident, became a club DJ. His complex cultural background may have prompted him to mix musical styles. By the late 1980s, he was pushing boundaries on the dance floor, seeking ways to work African, Asian, and Arabic music into the mix, using indigenous instruments such as the dombek, sarangi, harmonium, oud, and violin. Also, this music is a fusion of electronica and Indian music. Cheb Sabah really respects the integrity of the Indian music and doesn't overpower it with the electronics. It's just great dance music.
My next piece I'd like to play for you is Hungarian Dance Number、no. One in G Minor by Johannes Brahms. Brahms's music for me is the epitome of what romantic music is all about, characterized by swift changes of moods and a dark, lush harmonic palette. His music is full, complex, and substantial, yet lyrical and sublime. The Hungarian dances are a set of twenty-one lively dance tunes based mostly on Hungarian themes, completed in eighteen seventy-nine. They were originally written as four-hand piano music. However, Brahms did arrange these for orchestra as well. They are among his most popular works. Listen for the swift changes in mood and tempo. Lots of rubato here, which gives it a wonderfully romantic feel. Cervus is a motet for four voices by Giovanni Perluigi da Palestrina. Now, a motet is a vocal piece with a sacred text. 
This is one of Palestrina's most popular motets. It was published in 1604, and it is very representative of vocal Renaissance polyphony. I must say, sacred Renaissance music is very close to my heart. For the past 30 years or so, I have sung with a chamber choir in Montreal that specializes in this kind of music. Actually, this is the first autumn season in the past 30 years that I will not be singing in a choir due to the pandemic. Most definitely, it's a bittersweet time for me as I really miss singing with my choir. What I love most about singing Renaissance music is the idea that a group of people can create such beautiful, harmonious music without any instruments. It's all about the human voices coming together, singing in harmony with these wonderful, soaring lines. Choral singing, by the way, is very difficult. You are constantly listening, making sure that you are in tune with your neighbors on either side of you. In this piece, Sicut Cervus, the text goes like this. As the deer desires the fountains, my soul thirsts, which is a beautiful expression of spiritual yearning. My next piece is called Sodad, sung by the extraordinary voice of Cesaria Evora. 
This is a Cape Verdean song written in the 1950s by Armando Zeferino Soares. Saudade is a deep emotional state of nostalgia and profound melancholic longing for an absent someone that one cares for and or loves, while simultaneously having positive emotions towards the future. It is the recollection of feelings, experiences, places, or events that once brought excitement, pleasure, and well-being, but which now triggers the senses and makes one experience the pain of separation from those joyous sensations. Saudade describes both happy and sad at the same time, which is most closely translated to the English phrase, bittersweet. I just love this woman's voice. She puts so much feeling into her singing, and her voice really describes this bittersweetness we call life. Saudade, 
Soda, soda, minha terra, Saninclau. For my final selection, I'd like to come full circle and end with another favorite Bach piece. This is one of his most popular pieces, Jesu Joy of Man's Desiring. This is a beautiful tune from his cantata, Herz und Mund und Tat und Leben, BWV 147, or in English, Heart and Mouth and Deed and Life. This was composed in 1723. This piece is based on a very simple hymn tune to which Bach added new music, thereby making it essentially a new piece. There are dozens and dozens of transcriptions and arrangements of this piece for all kinds of instruments. And of course, it is played at many different kinds of ceremonies and services, like weddings, baptisms, and funerals, as well as during festive seasons like Christmas and Easter. This just highlights the universal beauty and appeal this piece has to offer for any occasion.
hope that you've enjoyed today's selection of Friday favorites. I know I certainly have. You know, for many years, I would listen to one kind of music. However, the older I have become, I realize that different kinds of music enrich our listening experience, and I would think deepen our understanding of the world around us as well. Therefore, I look forward to sharing with you many more of my favorite pieces. And please, let me know of some of your favorite songs and kinds of music too. Until then, happy listenings. Bye for now. Well, that is today's episode of the Code St. Luke Telephone Broadcasting Service and Podcast. Thank you to our guests, and thank you to you for listening today. My name is Daryl Levine. We launched this podcast and uh, telephone broadcasting service at the end of March 2020. Of course, we had uh, closed our doors at that point. Uh, People could not come anymore to the library to uh, listen to interesting talks and so on. And this was a way of getting the content to you. Uh, One of the things that we did was uh, set up a telephone number that people could call into every day at 2 p.m. so they could listen to this if they either didn't have a computer or maybe they weren't comfortable using a computer. Uh, And of course, we also later distributed this show through the regular podcast channels that people uh, who listen to podcasts are familiar with. And maybe that's how you're listening to us today. So thanks for listening. Be well, stay safe, and we'll see you soon.